Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Well, I'm sure I don't need to tell you that today is December 25, the day that we celebrate the birthday of Jesus Christ, at least in this part of the world. Christmas, the day that Jesus Christ was born, except it may not have been the date on which he was born, but nevertheless, it is the day that we celebrate the birthday of Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to direct my attention to an incarnation text, breaking into our study in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 in order to focus upon the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Now, I usually make some kind of a statement each year about the propriety of celebrating Christmas at all, knowing that there are some people who conscientiously decline celebrating Christmas and some who are even rather militant about it, others who are fairly quiet about it. But when people have their own reasons, and that is what their conscience dictates to them, I have no problem whatsoever. However, let me say this. I am thankful that the whole world virtually, certainly all of the Western world, has a day on the calendar that is recognized by nearly everybody as the birth date of Jesus of Nazareth, and many would not have any difficulty saying the birth date of Jesus Christ, that is, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. And so there's a time of year when there is a focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ, a time of year when he is honored, when he is remembered, when he is celebrated in public, to a degree that he generally is ignored during the rest of the year. And you know what I mean. It becomes more and more problematic for many people to have any focus upon a recognition of anything Christian in the public place except for Christmas. I recognize that many people do not truly worship Christ at Christmas. I recognize that Christmas, celebrating the birthday of Jesus Christ, has been hugely commercialized, and for many people it has very little to do with Christ. It has to do with buying and and giving and getting and celebrating, partying, and all kinds of things. But nevertheless, isn't it refreshing to have a time when 
Jesus Christ is remembered and honored, a time when you can walk into many stores and hear Christmas music playing that is religious, that is Christian in nature. Now, not always. Sometimes you're going to hear, here comes Santa Claus, and I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and so forth, which have nothing to do with Jesus Christ. But oftentimes you're going to hear familiar Christmas carols, or at least hymns that are sung at Christmas as Christmas carols. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king, and so forth. Is that a bad thing? No, I think it has to be a good thing. Is it true that many people pay no attention to the real meaning of Christmas? Absolutely, that's true. But is it inappropriate to have something, some public recognition of Jesus Christ? I think that's got to be a good thing. And so I do not myself have any reservations to celebrating the birth of Christ on December 25. I do recognize that his birth very well may not have been on that particular date, although it is not past the possibility that it was. I have heard various statements that say, well, it couldn't have been at that time because of this or because of that, and yet all of those reasons can be answered, and there are some who think that it probably was either December 25 or something close to that. Of course, calendars have changed, and so what is December 25 to us would not have been the same in the days of Jesus. But nevertheless, it may or may not have been the date. It's true that the Bible does not give us a date. It's true that the Bible does not tell us to celebrate a date for the birthday of Jesus Christ. But it is also true that the Bible puts supreme emphasis upon the coming of Christ, beginning with, of course, the virgin conception and virgin birth and the whole process and scope of the incarnation from birth to death to resurrection to ascension back to heaven. And since there is so much of that, 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 that is so foundational to the Christian, <laughs> the Christian faith, to the Christian religion, if you want to use that term, I cannot see why it should be objectionable to focus upon the doctrine of the incarnation of Christ at any time of the year. Why would it be appropriate to focus upon that in January through November, but don't you dare do it in December? That's almost the attitude that some people take. We will not celebrate Christmas. You cannot do anything that focuses upon Christmas. We reject the whole idea of celebrating Christmas. So we can we can talk about the incarnation of Jesus Christ any other time of the year, but not at this time of the year. That doesn't commend to me. Uh, t- does not does not uh, compel me to believe that that's a a good position. Obviously, it's appropriate to celebrate the birthday of Christ any day of the year, 365 days of the year. It's appropriate to celebrate the incarnation of Christ any Sunday, any Lord's Day of the year, 52 weeks out of the year. And surely, therefore, it ought to be appropriate to do so at the Christmas season when the whole Western world is focused upon the birthday of Jesus Christ. Well, that's a rather long introduction, but I pause to 
welcome you to this Monday, December 25 edition of the Beacon Broadcast. To thank you for joining us today, and I know that most people are off their normal schedule today, are gathering with families today, and that probably many of our regular listeners are not listening today, but there may be others who, because of a change in schedule, are listening who would not normally listen. But whatever the case may be for you, I'm glad that you have joined us today. And we do air these Bible teaching broadcasts because of financial help from our radio listeners. And it may be that some of you would consider a year-end gift to the Beacon Broadcast before the close of the year 2023. Well, having said all of that, I'm going to now focus upon a prophecy concerning the incarnation of Christ, one of the well-known prophecies in the book of Isaiah. And I'm looking at chapter 9 and verse 6, which says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it, and establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. It is a wonderful text. A wonderful text. The Old Testament testifies to the reality of the coming of Christ, the reality of the Incarnation, foretold hundreds of years before Jesus Christ came the first time. And a lot of the Old Testament texts, as you know, talk not only about his first coming, but his second coming, but in most cases does not carefully distinguish between the two, so that oftentimes there is a conflation of prophecy, a conflation of information that has to do with his first coming in some cases, and second coming in other cases, and that's why many of the Old Testament people of God did not know exactly what to expect in the coming of Jesus, and that's why also so many of the people who believed in him, even his own apostles, who had come to be convinced that Jesus was indeed the Christ, were looking for him to assume a, an earthly throne to become to to sit upon the throne of David in an earthly sense to elevate Israel to a position of prominence among the nations of the world as they had enjoyed in the days of David and Solomon and were expecting that of Jesus and it did not happen because that was not on the agenda for his first coming, that was on the agenda for his second coming, which we are looking forward to now, just like the Old Testament people of God were looking forward to his first coming, except in most cases they didn't call it his first coming like we do, because they just call, just talked about his coming. To them, it was a coming, and Everything encompassed in his coming, all was in their minds encompassed in one event, but now we know that it is pointing to two separate events, and some of the aspects belong to the first coming, which has already happened. It is now 2,000 years in, uh, in the river mirror, so to speak, in history, and some of the things pertain to his second coming, to which we are still looking forward.
But although it is harder to see all of the details in the Old Testament prophecies, the prophecies exist and they help us to focus and give us a richness of understanding and joy at the doctrine of the incarnation of Christ. And in our position, as those who are on this side of the coming of Christ, this side of the cross and the resurrection of Christ, we can look back at many of these Old Testament prophecies and more clearly distinguish what they are saying. We have a real advantage over the Old Testament people of God. And so we gladly go back to these texts as we are doing today in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 and learning something about the coming of Jesus, the incarnation of Jesus, the birth of Jesus. Now, the background of this text is that Ahaz, king of Judah, needed help against Israel, or help, yes, against Israel, the northern kingdom, and Syria, who had aligned with him at this particular time, who were trying to depose him and basically defeat the southern kingdom of Judah. And so Ahaz, king of Judah, wanted to turn to Assyria for help. Assyria is not the same as Syria. And he wanted to make concessions in order to form a political alliance that could help him in the army that was coming against him. But the prophet Isaiah called upon him to reject human alliances and trust in God alone. As honors the Lord, and as we always ought to do, but as we often, like Ahabs, are tempted not to do, tempted to find a human solution rather than to trust in God. But Isaiah encouraged Ahaz to believe that God is with us and to believe that God had promised deliverance through the birth of a child, namely the seed of the woman that takes us clear back to Genesis chapter 3, and with that, I've run out of time, and I close. Please join me tomorrow. Good day. May God bless you.